Thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Open your Bibles, please, to Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1 and verse number 16. A very familiar passage of Scripture, Romans chapter 1 and verse number 16. It says, and I'm reading from a New King James Version, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Verse 16 again, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. I want to talk to you from this subject um, the greatest problem, the greatest solution, and the greatest news. The problem, the solution, and the news. On yesterday, uh, thousands literally gathered in, in protest in various places in Washington, here in Atlanta. They were protesting um, some of the things that had transpired in terms of gun violence in our nation. Uh, the last shooting there in Florida and and, and unfortunately, um, it seems like it goes on and on and on. Let me, um, first of all, give this disclaimer. This is not an anti or pro-gun message. Amen? But I want to commend the young people because the truth of the matter is um, every great move or revolution that is happened has happened because young people did something. Can we give them a, an applause? So we understand that, um, that there is energy and strength with the youth. And thank God for that. I appreciate that. Thank God for free speech. And I thank God for the Second Amendment. Amen. But the truth of the matter is this. Um, you can pass gun laws. You can take every gun off of the planet. You can work it so that nobody has any weapon whatsoever. But the issue is not the gun, it's my own heart. Because the truth of the matter is before there was a gun, there were only four people on the planet and there was still a murder. Cain killed his brother. So we have to understand that it's in the heart. The issue, see, 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 the problem is me. 
Everywhere I go, I'm there. And the same thing with you. Everywhere you go, you're there and you bring the fullness of who you are. And so when we look at this, we have to understand that our greatest problem, ladies and gentlemen, is sin. Our greatest problem, come on, say, is sin. We have to get to a place where we don't minimize it, we don't look past it. Sin is not, uh, you know, where we say, well, you know, that's just, we don't need to talk about that. Oh, yes, we do. It's, I, I, I know it's not in vogue, but it's the greatest problem. Because again, uh, see, see, we inherited this thing called sin from Adam. He was the one who sinned, and as a result of what he did, sin entered the world. And then you and I were born with something called a sin nature. Sin means to miss the mark. That's what it means. And so literally, you know, if you saw a sign that says, don't look up, some of you already doing it, you're looking <laughs> See that? You see what I'm talking about? There's something in you just want to, you know. And even now you wonder, why did he say don't look up? What's going on up there? You know? Because there's something in us that we, you know, we're just kind of defiant. And so we, we have to understand, we missed the mark. We are, nobody had to show us how to disobey God. In fact, there, I know there are those of you who, you, you know, you're just so refined and you're just so, um, you know, so spiritual that you don't have to, you know, I, I don't even deal with sin. I've, I, I've never really sinned. That's the sin right there. You just lied. And the thing is this. See, what happens is we have to understand that sin, although pleasurable for a season, has consequences. It, the wages, the payment for sin is death. This very book tells us that, that the wages of sin, the payment for sin is death. It's eternal separation from God. No matter what we look, no matter how cute we are when we sin, we literally have gotten to a place where we are separated from God. And anything that's separated from God is a death dispenser. It acts contrary to the very nature and character of God. And so Paul even said it like this in Romans chapter number 7. He said, the thing that I wanted to do, I didn't do. And he began to say, what's the issue? It's the sin that's on the inside of me. That's the thing that's causing me to do it. I want to do right, I don't do right. Because it's the sin in me. And now, understand something else. Everybody, because Scripture says, all have sinned. Do me a favor, look around, look around, look around, look around, look around, literally, look around, look at the people next, just look around. All. Now, you know what the problem is? I'm included in that all. Even those of us who are looking all have sin. And, and so, if the payment for sin is death and all have sin, 
understand this. There is nothing that I can do to get right with God on my own. I can't pay enough. I can't give enough. I can't serve enough. I can't go enough because my righteousness before God is as filthy. Oh, I see y'all read the Bible. It's filthy rags. So my greatest problem is sin. But here's this. The greatest solution then is a Savior. Amen. A savior, a deliverer, a preserver. Why is the greatest solution uh, a, a savior? Like I said, I cannot save myself. And then although God gave the law, the law couldn't save me. God gave the law to a nation, a choice nation, Israel. Israel had the law. God would tell them exactly what to do, and they would still miss the mark. They got to a place in the book of Judges where it just says, every man did what was right in his own eyes. In other words, my truth. Your truth. That's your truth, but this is my truth. No, whatever is right in your own eyes. And so I could not save myself, and the law couldn't save me. There's nothing wrong with the law, but the issue is my nature, I couldn't keep it. So I needed a savior. What happened is this. God sent a savior, and his name is Jesus. Only Jesus could walk on the earth and fulfill the requirements of the law. He, although was born through the womb of a person, a human being, he did not Isn't that amazing? And so we needed a Savior. Look at 1 John chapter number 4, verse 14. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 14 says this, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as a Savior of the world. Notice we see here that he was sent by the Father to save. The Father sent a Savior. God knew that you and I would not do right. So in his wise providence, in his foreknowledge, he said, okay, I've got to have somebody to save them. Wait a minute. Why do you want to save them? Sin separates me from God. But the problem is God says, okay, sin is separating us. That's the issue. That's the greatest problem. So I got to get a solution to this. I need somebody that's going to do right. Somebody that's going to reach and get them right where they are and save them. So we see that this text tells us that he was sent to save. Look at Matthew chapter number 1, verse 21. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 21. It's talking to Mary. It says, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people 
from their sin. Not only was he sent to save, but this text tells us he was born to save. The very reason he came was to save. The reason he came on the planet, ladies and gentlemen, was to save. The issue is this. You and I, we go to church. It ain't no big deal. You know, we can't, we're saved and we've lost the value. We've lost the awe of what God has done for us through Jesus Christ. We've kind of put it on par with everything else. Well, you know, it's the good self-help book. No, it's not. It is your life. So he was sent to save. He was born to save. But check out this scripture right here in Hebrews chapter number 7 and verse 25. Hebrews 7 and 25. I love it. (laughs) Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. He was born to save, sent to save, but I love this because it says he's able. He's able to say, now, 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 I, I told y'all this story, but I never forget it. I'll never forget it. I was, uh, Dr. D and I had gone to this service in Birmingham. I'm from Birmingham. We've gone to this church in Birmingham. We're enjoying the service, and I'm there. And in, in my peripheral vision, I see this guy I know. And, uh, you know, and I'm thinking, what is he doing in this church? He's getting ready to rob these people. <laughs> oh, act, don't act like you don't have folk like that that you know. And I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of like praying with one eye open. <laughs> you know? And it's like, okay, what is he doing? And, you know, I see him engaging in the service. And then after the service, I get to talk to him a little bit. And he's, and, 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 and he's like, Billy, uh, Jesus has saved me. I'm called to preach and all this kind of stuff. I'm sitting there going, Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You got them in your mind right now, don't you? But what I'm getting at is, I don't care who they are, where they are, what they've done, what they've gone through, God has the ability to save them. Don't you give up on them. Don't you give up on them. I said, don't you give up on them. God is able to save. God has the ability. And it says, from, from the uttermost to the uttermost, From the guttermost to the uttermost, he saves. Song says he'll pick you up and turn you around. Hallelujah. Jesus saves. He saves, ladies and gentlemen. You have to understand, he didn't look for people who had it together to save. The text tells us that in in 1 Timothy, it's verse chapter 1, verse 15, that he came to save sinners. He didn't come to save those who had it together. He came to save sinners. So he has the ability to save. So we see that our greatest problem was sin. The greatest solution was Savior. Well, then here's the last thing, and I'll I'll be through. The greatest news is salvation. 
Let's go to our text, Romans chapter number 1. He says in verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed. In other words, I'm not trying to impress you. I don't care what you think. I'm not going to wear the garment of shame as it pertains to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed. The word gospel there is where we get our word eulogy. It means good news. It's, it's, that's what you're speaking. I'm not ashamed of this good news. Wait a minute. The question is, are we ashamed? Are we ashamed? But this is the thing. Some of us have so devalued the good news that we don't even think it's worth telling. And what are you talking about? If you really understood what happened, if you really understood what transpired, then there would be something in us that would be more than willing to tell it. Bring me that basket. I'm going I'm to need it in just a minute. Just, 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 just sit it, sit it right, sit it, sit it. Give it to me. This is what I do. <laughs> just give it to me. Sit it right there, and that way I will not forget it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. So you have to understand, and I almost preached on this today. You remember when Jesus was in the garden? He, the scripture says he prayed, and it, he prayed as if it were great drops of blood. And this is the prayer. Father! If it is possible, take, let this cup pass from me. Then he would say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Why, what is he talking about, the cup? See, you have to get it. When he talks about the cup, he's literally looking at the fact that he's getting ready to face death. He's getting ready to die. He's getting ready to pay the wages for the sin that you and I committed. So wait a minute. He's not just paying wages for my sin, not just for your sin, but the sin of the whole world. He's so troubled by this that he says, Father, if there's another way, if, if, if get the, please take this cup, let this cup pass from me. And he went and said, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. What are you talking about? The sin of the whole world, the wages for sin is death. See, God is not going to let him wiggle out of this, get away from this, because he knows that to do it right, there has to be a death. He has to satisfy the claims of justice. So this is what happened. Let me, let me, let me see. Uh, 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 you, you, give me somebody. I, I need two, two people right here. Uh, come here. Carlos, and uh, this is what happens, and uh, 
just for illustration purposes, all right? So don't take this as a prophetic word or anything like this. Everybody say this is an illustration. So this is what had to happen. Right now, let's just say what happened is you and I, when we were born, we, were, we inherited a sin nature. And we were clothed in that sin nature. No matter where we went, every place we went, we wore the garment. And we're going to look at this coat as that garment of sin. Even when we came before God, that nature had to come. We brought that before God. What Jesus did was this. He has a garment of righteousness. He never committed any sin. So what Jesus would do is this. He took off his garment, his robe of righteousness. And for now, we're just going to sit that right here because what he needs to do is take off this sin garment, give it to Jesus, let Jesus wear a garment that he never, ever had to. He began to put it on, and although it doesn't even fit him right, <laughs> sin doesn't fit Jesus. But he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. So what happened was this. He began to go before God the Father and say, here it is. Isaiah prophesied about him. He, when he became sin, sin, although pleasurable, was ugly because Isaiah said his visage was so marred that he didn't even look human. Take away this death. But nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. So every time you cheated, every time you lied, every time you had an affair, every time you did anything, he took it upon himself. And listen to me, he was able to save you. And understand something, he was so committed to salvation that while he was on the cross dying, he was dying between two thieves. He stopped dying and he says, Lord, let me be with you in paradise. And he looked at him. He said, this day. He was so committed to saving that he stopped dying and he saved a guilty thief while on the cross. Wait a minute. He had to die a physical death. So much so that he said, I need to lay his body somewhere. So Joseph of Arimathea, they used a borrowed tomb. This next week, it was borrowed because he just go need it for three days. So he was there in the tomb three days but understand something, he was doing business beneath. He was handling business. He was taking the keys of death, hell, and the grave so that no longer would they have rule over your life.
And then, lo and behold, on the third day, he rose again. That's next. Don't tell anybody. That's next week. (laughs) But he did rise again. And now, the penalty for the sin is taken care of. But the issue is, I can't come to God. So now, he says, what I'm going to do I'm going to allow you to put on my robe called a robe of righteousness. It's going to cover every part of you. It's going to do everything necessary for you so that everywhere you go, you are now walking in righteousness. You have on a robe, you have on a garment that Almighty God through Jesus Christ has provided for you. So you stand before God not guilty. You didn't hear me. I said you stand before God not guilty. Shout it out. Not guilty. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now. Oh, look at this Bible reading church. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. And all the days of your life, you are wearing his righteousness. Not a righteousness that's earned, but a righteousness that has been given to you in exchange for your dirty, sinful garment that has been done away with, that's been paid for. Can we give him praise? Thank you, sirs. Thank you, sir. You can have your garment back now. Are you under, you get it? Come on, shout about it. Now, now, if it's the good news, and it is the good news, why are you holding it back? You and I have been given stewards over the message of the gospel. And so now the greatest message is the message of salvation. I can't write a law that's going to get the heart right. I've got to come to a Savior who can change me. Are you understanding that? Now, let me, let me, let me burst our bubble. We're going to change something. We're going to change something. I appreciate the fact that, you know, we do this. Our elders stand up every Sunday and we say in this basket, their names, and you've put names in there. And nothing wrong with this is not sinful or anything like that. But I want you to understand, these are names of people that we believe who are lost. They do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so what we do on a Sunday, we pray for them. Jesus never said pray for lost people. He said, pray for laborers. In other words, the harvest is plentiful. But I ain't got nobody to go tell the story. I got a lot of people that'll pray about the story. That'll pray that one day they'll hear it. But who will go and say, I once was lost. But now I'm found. 
What he's done for me, he'll do for you too. I was blind, but now I see. I was in sin. I was shaped in iniquity. But God in his mercy began to do something on the inside of me that changed my life. That's the story that you got to go tell. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who... How can they hear unless you tell them? So New Covenant, I believe there's a new mandate. You can't just pray about the story. We got to go tell somebody. And understand, understand. You say, well, you know, wait, 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 wait. You know, no, uh, 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 you know I'm, I'm not an evangelist. I ain't asked you to be an evangelist. Do, do you, some of you all will tell folk about apple pies, about recipes. You'll tell folk about anything. You'll tell people about the latest whatever. I got this, I got. What about the greatest thing that's ever happened? And his name is Jesus. Again, again, I'm not trying to just uh, not trying to throw us down or anything like that. But what I want us to understand is this: you and I have been given stewardship of a message, and that's called the gospel. Paul said, "I'm not ashamed of it." Do you get to a place where? We are so concerned about the praise of men and the approval of people that we're ashamed of our faith. He said, I'm not ashamed. It's the power of God. I know that at the end of the day, the only one who's going to help you, the only one that's going to save you is, is Jesus. The only one. He says this to everyone who believes. Then he says this to the Jew first, then to the Greeks. You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, a tremendous work has been done for us. He says, in this message, the righteousness of God is revealed. People want to know, how do I change? I, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. How do I change? I, 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 I want to do right, but something's in me. How do I change? And you have the good news to tell them. Let me tell you, his name is Jesus. Don't just simply limit God to the four walls of a sanctuary. Break out of these walls. Tell somebody. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.